0: I've got a natty little title which is on the screen. Anointed, to be or not to be. Someone famous wrote that, (laughs) it's not my own work. Anointed, the word essentially when it all boils down to it means rubbed in. Turn to the person next to you and say it means rubbed in. Uh, Back in my footballing days, many of you know, will know I was a footballer in years gone by. Uh, Great times, but I think things have changed. But we used to have this stuff called deep heat. Give me a wave if you're familiar with deep heat. Keep your hand up if you're familiar with the smell of deep heat. That you can't get rid of for like days. And uh, so the idea was that you'd go into the changing room, you'd be having your team talk, and you would get this deep heat rub and rub it particularly on your leg muscles, your hamstrings and that to get yourself going and it would get in uh, and warm the muscle. Essentially what it really does is attract the blood to the area you know and stunk um, but the idea is in the rubbing it in often it's called ointment yeah. and so you're rubbing it in and so in effect you're anointing your muscles, you're rubbing it into your muscles it's the word anointing you know sometimes if you will get into an aggressive moment and someone is really upsetting you, it's getting a bit pushy-shovy, you might need to give them the five-knuckle anointing. <laughs> you know? I've got a pastor friend in Wales, and, and I, I support him, and I go there four times a year, and and help with his leadership team, and he came from New Zealand, and he was from a place called Ortaki in New Zealand, and it's kind of on the back end of nowhere, um, and very troubled town, lots of issues, and he'd just been sent there to be the lead pastor of this church of twenty or thirty people, and they had this guy come in who was, you know, schizophrenic and on drugs and a very difficult guy, but they always embraced him. And this one particular Sunday, he sat at the back, and and the pastor started preaching, and and. He just disagreed with everything the pastor was preaching, started shouting at the back. Imagine now, now if I'm saying something, if three or four of you start shouting at me. You know, it's just like awkward, isn't it? Uh, in, in, our, in our first year as a church, we, we, we planted the church at Chester Charles Lucas School, which is now the academy, and they had a, a nice building. And we used to meet at seven p.m. on a Sunday, trying to reach out to a younger generation. And uh, the, the local—how? Um, what shall I use? Uh, the local teenagers. I was going to say hoons, but I thought better of it. The, the local teenagers got to know we were meeting there, and uh, they would come in. And during the worship, they would skateboard on the stage. <laughs> it's kind of awkward, isn't it? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> We'd have all this stuff going on, and we had some, some big guys. We had some big hoons in our church as well. And uh, I'd, I'd politely ask them to sit next to them. And uh, yeah, we were, it was interesting on the journey, because what do you do with that? You know, we want to reach out to those people, and they're certainly very welcome, but on the flip side, you know, we want to honor Jesus here, and we want to engage with people, and so we got chatting to them, and interestingly enough, a couple of them kept coming to church, and one of them actually made a commitment eventually, which was such a blessing, but what do you do with that? And this guy started shouting, and then he approached the pastor, walked down the aisle, and started pushing him. And I was just like, that man. what do you do? What do you do? All these people are watching. And he said, well, it got the better of me. I punched him. <laughs> I gave him the five-knuckle anointing. <laughs> but he said, you know what? That, I'm not preaching. That's not what I'm preaching here today. But he said it broke something, because everyone thought, yeah, you know what? Don't come into God's house and do that. No. And it kind of, of course, they loved the guy, and he wasn't quite in his right mind. But anyway, I got sidetracked by the five-knuckle anointing there. Forget that bit. (laughs) Biblically, there's great significance in anointing, and it came from a shepherding term where the shepherds would rub oil all over their sheep. And the reason they would rub oil all over their sheep, and particularly around the ears, is this the insects, and particularly ticks would burrow into the sheep's skin and if they got into the ears it would affect the brain and they would die they would actually die and so what the the shepherd would do was rub oil in and around the sheep all over its its coat and in its ears so that ticks couldn't get a hold they literally would slide off and so there's this anointing and so the anointing speaks of protection the anointing speaks of a power empowerment to go on and live a full life And so that's where it started, this whole idea of of anointing. And so the idea was the sheep would be anointed. Can you see there's a link coming? (laughs) When people who were set apart for a specific purpose and it was agreed that God had set them apart for spe- specific purpose, chosen for a role, there would be a, a ceremonial anointing. And the way that would look is they would come and, and the priest or the prophet would come and pour oil on their head or smear oil into their forehead. And what it really is, is it's a public acknowledgement in the natural of what's already true in the spiritual. And so we're agreeing with heaven, and it's a, it's a demonstration of that, and so it's an anointing. This person has been set apart and empowered for a purpose, and we're agreeing with that and demonstrating it publicly. And it's this whole idea of rubbing something in that is already true. The key here, I believe, is empowerment, actually. God empowers people, and often he will empower people who are already gifted, and he will take their gift to a new level. <laughs> For instance, there are men and women who are brilliant business people out there in the world, making good money, doing great businesses, m- meeting a need around the world. Great, great businessmen. An anointed business person isn't just good at what they do. They are empowered from heaven to go beyond what they could do on their own. They become better at it. God takes them to another level. And it's because of anointing. There is something rubbed in from heaven to say, I've marked you out for a purpose. You're not just going to be gifted, you're going to be empowered. Do you see? See, Because the truth is, there's lots of people in the world doing great stuff, succeeding in all kinds of areas of life who aren't anointed. But when you're gifted and anointed, it sets you apart. Do you see what I'm saying? And so often, God's given us all gifts. But what he wants to do is anoint that gift to take you to another level. Are you hearing me? You see, I'm not anointed to lead worship. Sarah is. And so when she sings, it's not just a case of, oh, she's got a nice voice. When she sings, atmospheres change, lives are changed, because God's doing something with her gift. Do you get it? So she's a good singer already, but she's now an anointed singer. You know, I can talk, and if you get me around a table, I'll talk the hind legs off you. But when I get on the stage, God does something with my gift of speaking, which changes things. And it's not just because I'm a good talker, but he's anointed me for it. And I carry that with reverence. I know I laugh and joke sometimes, but we know it, it changes lives. This can apply to every area of life. So what is it that floats your boat? What is your dream? What is your gift? What is it you're good at? Because today I want to believe with you that there's going to be an anointing on that. And this year will be different because it's going to be an empowerment from heaven. Is there an amen in the house? Here's my key thought for you today. God anoints you, but you still choose. You still get to choose whether you walk in your anointing or you don't walk in your anointing. You still get to choose. At the end of the last year, and I haven't shaken it off, and one of my favorite preachers is T.D. Jakes, and I was in the shower yesterday, and I've got this really cool uh, speaker in the shower that's waterproof, and uh, he was preaching. I just love it when someone you admire in their gift is on the same line. I'm on the same line as them. And he was talking about, actually, we still get choices. And it doesn't always go our way, but we still get choices. And I believe more than ever that God is looking to partner with his church. God is looking to partner with people to achieve kingdom goals. Sometimes I feel like we go in and say, God's going to do it all. And yes, he could. But I just feel like more than ever, God could do it all. But God wants to do it all through us. And so therefore, we have to choose. Because if we don't choose, he can't do it through us because it's a relationship. Who knows, Jesus didn't come for religion at all. He came for a relationship. Yeah. And so we get to choose. Am I going to have that relationship? Am I going to walk in that relationship? Or am I not? And you choose every single day. So today's title is anointed. To be or not to be? That is the question. <laughs> David, a huge character, biblically speaking. Lots went on in his life. And let me read you a little passage about him in 1 Samuel 16, uh, verses 11 to 13. Um, s- So Samuel's come come and he's uh, he's asked Jesse, David's dad, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him and we will not sit down until he arrives. Now that's an awkward moment because here you are, you've got all the brothers standing there and the youngest one who no one's even thought about is out in the field. All the oldest ones have thought, this is a moment, could be anointed king of Israel here, this is cool. And they say, no, it's not you, it's the little little one out in the field. And what we're going to do is we're going to send him for him. Until he comes, you're not going to sit down. The older brother's are like, really, though? But he's like, no, no, we're going to honour him and stand until he gets here. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. Turn to the person next to you and say, anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of brothers. Notice he uses oil. Oil often refers to the Holy Spirit, biblically speaking. So here we have oil being rubbed on to David, who has been chosen by God. What they're doing in the natural is only agreeing with us already true spiritually. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully. There's an empowerment in anointing upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. So here's the situation where we know... David is anointed. He's anointed. He's anointed for purpose. He's anointed to become the king of Israel. But when you follow his life, all kinds of stuff happens. After that, he's anointed. So David goes on and he gets to the battlefield where Israel is fighting the Philistines. We know that Goliath the giant is out there taunting everyone. And what does David do? The anointed one says, I'll go fight him. Is he walking in his anointing? Is he anointed and he's walking in it? Yes. God blesses it and we know he defeats the giant. David is anointed and chooses to walk in it and is blessed. You'll find that Saul, the king, gets jealous of David and he starts to hunt him down. So David has to go and hide in caves. Is he anointed? Is he walking his anointing? Yes not his fault someone's chasing you down. Anointing doesn't mean everything's going to go your way all the time. He's an anointed man still walking in his anointed, and someone is hunting him down, and he goes to hide. Here's the key. As he's walking in his anointing, God protects him. You will find on more than one occasion, David has the opportunity to kill Saul, not the other way around. In fact, he goes up, and while Saul's having a, a wee, he clips the corner of his, his garment off, and he says, I could have done you. But I respect you and honor your kingship. You see, David's walking in his anointing. Difficult time, but walking is in his anointing. David in, in 2 Samuel 8 defeats Moab, Ammon, and Syria, great big nations. Is he anointed? We're allowed to talk church. <laughs> is he anointed? Yes. Is he walking his anointing? Yes. Is he successful? Yes. The same David who is anointed spots Bathsheba. Another man's wife. He sleeps with Bathsheba and they conceive a son. Is he anointed? Is he walking his anointing? Does it cause havoc? Can you see? David defeats the Philistines, 2 Samuel 8 again. Is he anointed? Is he walking his anointing? We're the quietest church in history. (laughs) (laughs) They're not difficult questions, people. Is he anointed? Is he walking his anointing? He wins. David takes a census against Joab's advice, and on taking that census, a plague comes, causes havoc. Is he anointed? Yes. Is he walking his anointing? No. Does it cause havoc? Yes. Here's my point: What is true of David then is still true of you today. You are anointed, but you still get to choose to walk in your anointing. Or not walk in your anointing. And if you make a choice to walk in your anointing, good things will come your way. They just will. But the reality is Jesus came for a relationship, which means every day you get a choice. My cry to you for the best 2019 ever is this. Let every decision you make be a Jesus-centered one. Don't make big decisions unless they're Jesus-centered. In fact, challenge yourself not even to make small decisions unless they're Jesus-centered. Why? Because you're walking your anointing then. This is good year. Yeah. Who wants the best year yet? Yeah. I get fed up of going to church on the first Sunday of every year. Going, it's going to be your best year. Woo-hoo-hoo. It's only going to be your best year when you make some choices. Yeah. God has chosen. But have you chosen? And when the church en masse comes to the place of making a choice, that this year I'm giving it to you. This year I'm being Jesus-centered. This year I'm making good choices. It will be our best year yet as a church. Imagine, can we picture it, church? Could we picture a whole gang of us saying, every day this week I'm going to be Jesus-centered? What would next Sunday look like? When we all walked in such a good place, feeling, I've had a great week. I've honored Jesus every day. Praise you, Jesus, for what you've done. Imagine if we did it for a second week, a month. What could the end of January look like if we all walked in Jesus-centered decisions? I wonder how many people would come. Because when people see the church on fire, they're going to want to be there. And we've been praying for it for years. And I tell you what, we've got a prophecy on our life that what we pray for for four years, we're going to see in four months. So, church, this is our time. But we need to choose. Turn that person behind you, I haven't spoken to you yet, and say, time to choose. So, in the Old Testament, when we're looking at anointing, it was more often than not specific to individuals. They would anoint kings, priests, and prophets. But when Jesus arrived, there was a shift. Who knows that Jesus came as prophet, priest, and king, all rolled into one thing. And Luke 4, 18 and 19, very famous passage, but this is Jesus talking about himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. You see, it's for a purpose, to proclaim good news. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Jesus himself was anointed to do something special. Jesus was anointed to do something special. I love when you look at Jesus, Jesus Christ, we will all know it. Know it. Jesus means God saved. Anoint, uh, Christ means anointed one. Messiah also means anointed one. It's funny, I, was, I knew that to be true, but before I preach, I always like to double-check stuff. And I went to the dictionaries, online dictionaries and typed in what's the definition of Christ. And do you know what it's really gutting? Because it didn't say anointed one in many of them. You have to go to a Hebrew version. It said things like lots of names of God, and then it said, often used as a uh, a negative term, like, oh, my Christ. That's in the dictionary now. Christ, the anointed one, the one who makes everything possible, the one who holds it all together, the one who gave himself up for all of us, even in our dictionaries now used as a negative term. Church, we need to stand up. Church, we need to demonstrate what Christ really is like. We need to show what anointing really looks like. And you know what? We can do that when we choose to live like that. Are you hearing me? Jesus never once stepped out of his anointing. Never once. Everywhere he went, he brought hope, health, life, acceptance, inclusion. Everywhere he went, all of the time. He never once stepped out of it. Do you know he faced temptation? Forty days. Hungry. Fasting. Being close to his father. But then the devil himself comes in. If you throw yourself off the cliff, won't the angels save you? Well, do you know what? Jesus could choose. Because that's true. They would have. He says, no, 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 no. I'm anointed for a purpose, and you're not going to shift me from my purpose, so back down. He he says, well, why can't you turn that to bread? Well, yeah, I could. It's true, but you know what? I'm anointed for purpose, and I'm going to tell you to back down. Every time Jesus was, was tempted, he was said, but I'm here for a reason. I'm anointed, and I will protect my anointing. It is more important to me than a crumb of bread, than proving God to you. I'm anointed and I'm staying on it. Everywhere he went, he brought health and hope and love and inclusion. He was ridiculed. Aren't you the carpenter's son? Well, yeah, but you know what? I'm anointed and I don't care what you say of me, what you think of me, what's going on behind the scenes. I'm staying true to my vision and what I'm here to do. I choose to not rise to that. He was rejected. People shunned him, pushed him away. Who are you? But you know what? I'm anointed and I'm staying anointed. I'm here for a reason. And you might reject me, but I tell you what, I include everyone. I choose. Even in his personal angst. Father, could you take this cup from me? But not my will be yours. Because you know what? I'm here for a reason. And I'm anointed for that reason. So much as I feel something, it's actually about what you feel. I don't live on my feelings. I live by what's true and I choose. I think that's the biggest challenge for the church today. To stop living by our feelings and start living by what's true. And choose to do that. And it allows us to walk in our anointing. And when you walk in your anointing, you're empowered to do that. Uh, This just, and I hope we never get past this. We never get used to this. Jesus was on the cross. Whipped, beaten. In the worst moment. His father had turned his back on him because he was carrying the sin of the world. And he couldn't look on the sin. Father, why have you forsaken me? But then he says this, Father, forgive them. There he is in that place, and they're jeering and call yourself the king of the Jews. Why don't you come down? You save everyone else, save yourself. They're all being awful to him in his lowest moment. Now it might have been my idea to give him the five knuckle anointing at that point. But Jesus says this Father, forgive them. Do you know why? Because he was protecting his anointing. The reason he came was more than what they were saying. If he had risen to that in that point, all of this would be a waste of time. But he said, no, I'm anointed for a purpose and I hold that and I protect that. He literally brought heaven to earth. You know, the anointing allowed Jesus to, to do something there which is just unexplainable. Can any of us even imagine, just even imagine the pain he was in? The unfairness of it all. And yet in the midst of that, people laughing at you. Can we imagine that? I don't think I can get my head quite round it. But Jesus did the unexplainable, the unimaginable. In that moment, he said, Father, forgive them. Why? Because he was anointed. He was empowered to go beyond what was humanly possible and into what was possible by the Father. And that's how the church should be living. When people look at our church, Kesset Church, Equipers Essex Church becoming... Won't it be great when they go, you guys, you're brilliant, but you're more than brilliant. You you love people and you're more than generous. And the way you live and the hope in your heart wouldn't be great if they just see something special on you. Why? Because you're anointed. It's not even you're a great person. He's a great person, adding his weight to your goodness. Protecting his anointing was precious to Jesus. This shift in anointing shifted again. Now all can be anointed all can be anointed 2 corinthians 1 verses 21 and 22 says this now it is god who makes both us and you stand firm in christ he anointed us set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come we are anointed the bible tells me so you are anointed do you know what the word christian even means to be like Christ what does Christ mean the anointed one so it actually means like the anointed one you're anointed people God's put it on you you're anointed do you know that people's best chance of encountering Jesus isn't coming to church isn't seeing something on TV isn't going to an event the best chance of someone encountering Jesus is you the people you go to work with, the people who you live next door to, the people that are in your family, they are looking at you. What would it really look like if we lived walking in our anointing? Because they have to see something different because it's not normal. It's not normal. Yeah, I love it. You know, Sarah and I had the privilege of living in a lovely home, a five-bedroom home. And years ago, we believed to, to live there. And mum and dad moved there with us when we started this church. And we couldn't afford it absolute joke but we said you know what that's the home we want now i'm not big on name it and claim it at all but we were like god we want to do something special and start this church and that would help us would you shift something and god puts into contact with this guy who, who helps to get it long story short but the reality is the reason we live in that home isn't because we're great or we're wealthy it's because god's anointed us to do something and it speaks volumes to anyone who come and look and i want to say it's true of you too I don't know what you're believing for but I know this when you walk in anointing it will be yours not because we're naming and claiming it but because we're acknowledging the king of heaven we're living under the anointing he's given us and it brings good things when you go through life with hope in your heart even in the difficulty David hiding from someone who wanted to kill him that's quite a difficult situation but he was anointed And he stayed true to it, even when he could have retaliated. When people see you living that life, it's like, wow, there's something different about you. And you know what? It's attractive. Do you know what's coming out of you? The anointing. You are like Christ. You are anointed to represent Jesus. Could we carry that well? You know, when Moses came down from the mountain, they could see he had stood in the presence of God. His face shone. Do you know the story? They had to put a veil over him because they were like, wow, so bright. Could that be us? I'm not saying that you need to get some bright red face or something, (laughs) but could something shine out of your life that is unmissable because you stood in the presence of God? That's attractive. That gets people's attention. You read Acts 6 and you look at Stephen, the guy who was stoned to death. But he preached, and it says in Acts 6 they couldn't resist him. Why? Because he was anointed. And it says this, his face lit up like an angel. Wouldn't it be amazing if the church in 2019 started speaking where people just can't resist? It's just like, wow, that's so good what you're saying. I get it. Wouldn't it be so good if they looked at us and there was like this resemblance of an angelic person? You're just amazing. That was true of Stephen. If it's true of Stephen, could it be true of you? But what was he doing? Walking in his anointing. When people see you, how you handle your life. When they see your generosity. I love it when I hear stories of people giving stuff away. Because it's not natural. You've earned your stuff, you've got your stuff, keep your stuff. But when you're inspired by the Holy Spirit, you're like, oh, who going got to give me stuff away too? That's weird. But do you know what it is? It's anointing. And people look at it and go, Wow, I love being around you. You give me stuff. Well, Jesus gives me stuff. And because he's my source, I can give my stuff away, knowing my source will always supply. So I give away with confidence. It's not normal. It's an anointed lifestyle. When uh, people talk to you and say, oh, what did you get up to yesterday? They will say things like this. Oh, I hung out with the family, went to the gym, went down the pub. And all of those things are brilliant. But what you chose to do was be in an anointed atmosphere. What you chose to do was come to church Because you're protecting your anointing. You're feeding that anointing. And it causes your life to be different. Hanging out with the family, really important. Not going to change your life. Going to the pub, really great. Not going to change your life. Coming into an anointed atmosphere will change your world. And we need to protect it. And as we protect it, we're able to walk in it more strongly. And as we walk in it more strongly, heaven touches earth through people like me and you. And it was God's plan all along. I used to, um, my brother Michael preached this message probably in our first year as a church, and he called it the big footballer's bum, and uh, there's a big football history in in our household, but one of the things you're taught to do as a young player is to protect the football, so if I've got the football and someone's coming, coming in to try and take the football off me, what do I do, I move to the side and stick my bum out, there's the football, you're not having it, no, you're not having it. You're not going to have the football. And as he comes in, I move the football. No, you're not going to have it. And you'll see it often on football t- today. You'll see them. We call it the big footballer's bum. You're not going to have that ball. I'm keeping it away. I mean, no, no, you're not going to have it. Keep it. Get away from it. Do you see what I'm saying? Christians, we need to start having a big footballer's bum about our anointing. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Let's protect it. Oh, you could do this. Yeah, yeah, but I'm protecting my anointing, so I'm not going there. You're not going to have it. Jesus, throw yourself off. No, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm protecting my anointing. Do you see? Could we be people who go into this year not only believing for the best year yet, but living like we're expecting it? And that involves making a choice to protect your anointing. Protect it. You're not going to have it. Oh, I've got this opportunity to go to this place. No, I'm not going there because I'm protecting my anointing. I've got this opportunity to watch this particular thing. I'm not going to do that because I'm protecting my anointing. I'm not going to use that language. I'm not going to go down that thought process. Why? Because I'm protecting my anointing. Because my anointing changes my life. Imagine if we all live like that. Imagine if we all did that. Can we imagine if we all did that? Wouldn't it be great if we were the kind of church who didn't have to come and put our Sunday face on? Come on, we know there's a few Sunday faces. Come in and you've had the worst week. You've been horrible to everyone. And the music starts, and I love Jesus. Wouldn't it be good if actually through the week, we love Jesus. And when we come in on Sunday, it's just an extension of we love Jesus. Rather than, oh, I've been terrible. It's going to take me six songs to get into this. And we only sing four. (laughs) Do you see? We need to be people protecting our anointing, living like it. So that when we come together, what happens is there's an explosion of anointing in the room because we're living like it. Do you see? And then you get empowered to go beyond and further. Protect your anointing. I wonder what this year would look like. Can you begin to have some faith? To be sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't yet see. What could it actually look like if we walk closely with Jesus? That's the key. The choice in everyday life to keep Jesus in the middle of it all. Your life will be different. Just one last passage. And it's a passage you'll all feel familiar with, I'm sure. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Verses 1 through 6, you will know this. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. True. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. True. He refreshes my soul, he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. True. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. True. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. True. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see what happens here? When you go on a journey with Jesus, he puts you in pasture. It's a nice place. It's a place of peace and you rest. And stuff goes on in your world and people rise up against you and circumstances conspire against you. But what he promises to do is prepare a feast in the midst of all of that. People will look at you and you always end up on your feet. Yes, I do. Do you know why? Because he anointed my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The reason I always end up sunny side up is because of Jesus. It's not because of me. Because I choose to protect my anointing. You're not going to have it. I'm not going to make that choice. I'm not going to say that thing. I'm not going to go to that place because I'm protecting my anointing. And what it does is it calls me to live out Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's true for you too. But the truth is all of us get to choose. Could this be the year, church, could this be the year we choose to protect our anointing? And that just means keeping Jesus middle in every decision, in every conversation, everywhere we go, and the anointing will flow for you. I I don't know where you sit with all of that stuff, but I just want to give opportunity to pray in. So can we stand? Maybe just as we're standing, can Dad and Mum come forward and get yourself prepared? We're going to end the service slightly differently to normal. Normally, we would pray a prayer and and sing an upbeat song, but we're not going to do the upbeat song. We're going to create an environment for people to come and have an anointing mark. Our elders will have some oil. We're going to invite you to come forward. And what we're doing is exactly what we've seen biblically. We're just agreeing with what is already true biblically, spiritually. But this is to help you picture this year is marked out different. And I'm going to choose to walk in the anointing that was given me at church. We're just agreeing with what's already true. I will ask our leaders to come forward first. And then after that, it will be open to everyone else. But one of the things I want to give you the opportunity if you're here as a family is to to do that as a family. If that would bless you to come with husband and wife and children, that's also cool. If that's not so, such a worry, you just come forward. But let's pray first. Just every eye closed if you're willing. I'm sure people are wrestling with all kinds of stuff right now and that's a good thing to wrestle. Jesus, we give you our full attention. Thank you that you loved us. You loved us first. Thank you that in the midst of all the agony of it all, you just said, forgive them. You walked in your anointing. We accept that forgiveness. That's for me too. Just before I close, I want to give people an opportunity at the beginning of this year. Is this the year you want to start with Jesus in the middle of it all? And just maybe. You've allowed that to slip. Maybe you've never really made a conscious decision to say, Jesus, I want you in the middle of this. Maybe you've let it slide somewhere. But what an opportunity on the first Sunday of 2019 to say, Jesus, get back in the middle. Just with every eye if that's you. Just give me a wave. We're going to pray and start the year well. God bless you there. God bless you there. God bless you at the back. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's pray a prayer. I'll pray a line. You pray it with me. Father God. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you love me just the way I am. Today, I say, be the center of my life. Live in my heart and lead me forward. This will be my best year yet. And all God's people said, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Lord. Jesus. Lord. Is there anyone else here today who just feels like, Do you know what? I want to walk in my anointing better. Jesus is the center, but I want that empowerment. I want to protect it better. I want to live a fuller life. I want to go somewhere I've never been before, and I know it's the anointing that will get me there. If that's you, give me a wave because we're going to pray for you. God bless you there. God bless you there. God God bless you. 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 Lots of people. It's awesome. Father God, you saw the hands, you know the hearts. Now, I just declare a fresh empowerment right now over those people. That this year you would take them new places. Lord, they would even begin to see situations through the anointing. Difficult situations would just look different because my starting place is different. Lord, that we would plan ahead and plan ahead well that you would guide our steps and we'd walk it out with you. And Lord, my expectation is that all these people would live blessed. All these people would have stories of your goodness at the end of the year. All of these people would look back and go, wow, thank you, Jesus. And all God's people said. Okay, here's I want to do. it. Um, Sarah and I will come first with our children if they're here. Um, and then if you're a leader, if you hold a... If you lead a ministry or you lead a team, I'd like to invite you to follow through. And then once they've gone through, I'll give a shout. And it's open to everyone. It's not compulsory, but I want to give you an opportunity. If you think that would be valuable to you, to come and just have that moment, then this is for you.